0: What's up, dance fan? Welcome to the episode seven of the session. Uh, today we got a good show, uh, special show because we are here at the Bahai Base in ooh. Springfield, Virginia.
1: Ooh, 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 ooh. House base,
0: <laughs> uh, house, yeah, house home base. base. Oh yeah, Shout home to- base. Uh We got three awesome guests, and we're gonna review. God, what are we reviewing? <laughs> <laughs> um, Chainsmokers, smokers close to choreography by Anthony Lee, Charles Nguyen, and Vin Nguyen. Um, so before we do that. Let's talk about the show a little bit. All we're doing is we're just talking amongst ourselves with our opinions. We don't mean any any harm and no hate towards anybody. We're just talking out of how we feel. Um, we believe that conversation creates or begets creativity, creates creativity. <laughs> um, show topics. So in addition to that review, we're going to talk about entrepreneurship in the dance community. Um, the idea of entrepreneurship is that people start something that provides something to the dance community. Because this is a community amongst individuals who try and give give back to it. That's the most important thing about dance. It's a social thing. Um, let's go and meet our guest. First up, we have Jonathan Sue. What's up, man? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Um, Culture Shock DC alumni. Man, you have a lot of things. Delta Chi Psi Honorary Dance Fraternity, Inc. at Maryland. Is that the only one?
2: No, we got a bunch
0: of chapters all over the place. Cool, cool, cool. But you are based out of College Park, Maryland. Mm, I'm part of the Maryland. game a chapter. Ooh, cool, cool. Pearson Woodrake Dance Theater and Orange Grove Dance. How is everything? I mean, I've never heard of a dance fraternity in the first place, so I think yeah, that's pretty we're, cool.
2: We're the first and currently only dance fraternity um, officially in the National Fraternity
0: Organization. Oh, that's pretty, so for collegiate dancers.
3: Sweet.
0: Yeah. Um. So yeah, we'll get to that when we talk about entrepreneurship and stuff like that too. Um. <laughs> And the co-owner of Baha'i Base, Lauren DeVera. What's going on? Hi
4: guys. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, no problem. <laughs> thanks for being here. So obviously Baha'i Base, where we are, Gold Shock DC online, Um, mm-hmm. we go going to make Team We Go make it and Crucial, as yeah. people may not know, That's she OG. was an OG. <laughs> she is an OG of Crucial. So, uh, learn your history, everyone. <laughs> uh, thanks for coming. Thank you. To her left, we have Carla Manaba. What's up? Go ahead and talk for me. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Ele- Electro Soul, Studio G, Lab Rats. Yep. Wrapping it all. Cool, man. Thanks for coming, dude. How you doing?
1: Doing all right. That's good. This guy's wasting an hour of my life. <laughs> just give you people out there
0: heads up. He's our Simon <laughs> Cowell for, for this episode. So.
1: <laughs>
0: Here we go. Um, and- we have a few announcements before we get into it. First up, we have a new show, uh, Behind the Dance. And what it is, it's a behind-the-scenes look at dance events. Uh, So far, we've done one, Culture Shock DC, Volume 3. And what happens is that we go behind the scenes and we look at all the aspects that you may not see in a five-minute video of a performance. There's a lot that goes on behind it, whether it comes from the team's dancing or the people coordinating it or the people providing everything. So definitely check it out. It's hosted by our very own Magic Mike. Uh, First episode or entry is out. And then for our next uh, opportunity, we'll be at Prelude DMV
3: yeah.
0: uh, with our new partner, Prelude Urban Dance Competition. Um, the next next event that we'll be at is Prelude DMV hosted by Blaine Canvas on November 5th. And then you'll find us at Prelude NorCal hosted by Mainstacks, on November 12th, the week after. So very cool stuff coming up. Uh, be sure to check us out on Facebook or everywhere. We're everywhere. Cool guys ready? Yeah. Let's oh, <coughs> do it. Big
1: booties everywhere.
0: <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> I love Carlo. Oh, man. All right. <laughs> Review. Shane Smoker's Closer Choreography by Anthony Lee, Charles Wen, and Vin Wen. I guess they're all on Kinja's, right?
4: Yep. I think so. I was going to ask you. <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah, I think they are. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, they, I mean, if they put the Kinja's logo <coughs> on it. And obviously, there are other people dancing. I'm guessing all on Kinja's including Justin Santiago, who you'll find at Prelude DMV. Um, anyway, what did you guys think of it? We'll start with D Johnson.
2: Oh, uh, I liked it. I mean, I've always been a fan of all three of their work, especially uh, Anthony and Vin. I've just seen a lot of their other videos. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the production value, just like that white background. It's just, it's just so clean and simple. Um, and they're clean, uh, their dancing is always on point, always clean. Um, yeah,
0: I like it overall.
2: Are we doing dislikes right now? We'll start
0: with likes, yeah, and then we can get into the dislikes yeah
2: also like shout out to vibrancy because they always do really nice work with their videos and oh, uh they're also part of Kindras too i think <laughs> oh i didn't know that part yeah i think so yeah and then also just uh because anthony and charles are both anthony was on cs la oh, and right. then charles is right now mm-hmm. one of the co-directors so that's very
0: cool man i didn't know that. Mm-hmm. i guess i'm out of touch
3: i don't, I don't know anything about He's the
4: so informed.
0: <laughs> Well, i think he is hopefully i'm right yeah. Fact check this out there. Leave it in the comment. Um, Lauren, what did you think?
4: Um, I'm also a fan of Anthony Lee and Vin Nguyen especially. Um, the choreography was good. I mean, I had she to watch it. think you're cute, man. Way to put me on blast, <laughs> bro. If you do see this. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I had to watch it a couple of times. I think like the first time, maybe when I watched it, I was tired. It didn't really capture me. But as I watched it more and more and I, I got to understand like the concept and the storyline that they were trying to go for. I definitely was a fan of it, so.
0: Any specifics you like?
4: Um, I like the lightness to it. Um, It was very playful, mm-hmm. so they weren't so serious about it, so that was nice. So, like, the choreography was dope, but the execution was light, so it kind of added a different vibe than normal. Cool.
1: Carlo? Yeah, you know, I mean, I thought the choreography was good. The, like, uh, like Lauren, uh, the part I liked the most about it was just really fun, so.
3: What I gotta say
1: about
0: that? <laughs> um, let's see. Things I like. I definitely liked how playful it was. Uh, the middle part, so not not Vince part. You could definitely tell what he did mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. last yeah. fast part. Uh, and I don't not the very beginning, but the middle part when they start really playing with it right. and acting. That was my favorite part, just because it was different from everything else that you normally mm-hmm. see nowadays. Um, the other two parts, I feel like I could see from them, anyone, or the and time. almost anyone else. Mm-hmm hate to say it but like yeah anywhere else uh so i mean it was definitely good like i'm not yeah. gonna say oh it was bad it's mm-hmm. just i've seen it before and i like the playfulness of the first part or of the the middle part um any specifics that you like besides um, like the white background oh <laughs> i like how they ended it <laughs> with like the walker and then just like turned into like a party groove at the end and it's like yeah that was out. so yeah, cute i like that part they, they had lot. to have made that up like right on the <laughs> spot they're just messing around <laughs> that's what
4: i thought too i was like that was just an organic yeah
0: end. but like that really,
2: I think, shows like who they are. like. They're just having fun. Like the whole piece is just grooving, like yeah. you know, jamming with your friends, mm-hmm. and that just
0: like it was a great way to end it. Mm-hmm. I'm actually not a fan of the song, but like they made me like it, I guess, uh, in the sense that I guess I never really, really listened to what they were saying in the song, um, but like the one they were playing around with it, obviously, like it made me like actually listen to it. I was like, oh, I guess they said something about driving
4: and yeah, <laughs> thinking. <laughs> something like that. No, that like that's that's really cool because i didn't know the song that well either mm-hmm. and then to see them dance and them like buddha stretch we took the workshop last night and he was saying that dance is Shout a out. visual representation of, of music and mm-hmm. i felt like that's what that was okay they're doing like actual movements of the song and so it kind of brought the song to life for me because i'm not really a big fan of that remix of it either so true there's a remix i think it was a remix is it i don't know i, I like looked that. at their page i think they have another video of a different version. So.
0: Oh, of the choreography? Of the same song, yeah. Uh,
4: of a different version of the song. Oh, oh, oh
0: gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Hmm, interesting. Um, Carla, as our resident popper, what do you think of like when, I guess, dancers or like urban dancers, as they want to be labeled, um, add in or pretty much just do isolation movements and then make choreography out of it?
1: I mean, the, to me, isolation isn't a style on its own. So yeah. for me, it's okay if anyone uses isolation. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, isolation is just a technique. Uh, so, I'm, you know, to me, is it's not like I saw popping in there. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I hope that uh, you guys weren't trying to pop because I didn't see it. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> <Well>, that <laughs> wasn't, wasn't shade. I literally just this, like uh, meant that. Right, right <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, mm-hmm. I I did
0: notice uh, maybe like a few hits. At least they tried just to hit accent, you know, a few beats. Um, do you? I mean, obviously, I'm not going to say, like, do you think it's okay, but, like, do you like it when you see them, when people try and add hits to, like, choreography?
1: Uh, To me, like I said, to me, hitting is another technique. Um, it, It's part of popping as a style, but then you have to be grooving within the groove of popping and hitting at the same time. But if you use it as True. a technique, it's okay. Plus, I'm not the founder of, like, I'm not an OG by any sense, so I'm not... Really in the forefront of who can do what and what, <laughs> what is. So, but for me, being, um, you know, popping is my foundation style. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, if, if you use it as a, te- a technique, is even a crumpers hit, right? I see some of the same technique that we use, but I'm not going to go and be like, oh, they're stealing from poppers or they're popping because they do it in a crumping context. True. Right. So, it's it's just a technique to do something that you feel like or you're trying to accentuate some part of the music. And to me, your dance and what you do on top of it is what makes it that style. And to me, I don't feel like they were jacking anything from popping at all. Um, that's what I meant by I didn't see any popping in there. Gotcha, I right? gotcha. really felt like they were doing yeah. their thing um So that's cool. Like I don't feel like their culture vulturing popping. Like mm-hmm. I didn't see that at all in in, in the session. Culture or, vulturing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a new. <laughs> that's cool. That's a <laughs> <Who are you laughs> first? Oh! culture vulture. <laughs> culture vulture. That's,
4: that's
0: pretty cool. um So I have to agree with you. Like the reason why I asked because because uh, I wanted to see if someone else shared the same opinion. But yeah, like they kind of made like you could definitely tell the personalities of each choreographer and just <laughs> sure they have similar movements, but you can definitely tell like. They made it something of their own. Mm -hmm. Um, Lauren, what else about this did you like?
4: What else did I like? Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, I like the choreography. Like I said, I don't know. I thought it was weird that I had to watch it a couple times in order to to be engaged. And I think that I know that Jonathan liked the white backdrop. I I personally didn't, not Mm -hmm. for this particular piece. Mm -hmm. For me, I associate a white backdrop with just in general i don't know if it's from like a modern background but something more serious or something but because it was so playful and character driven i would have liked to see other pieces in it like i would have liked to see okay the girl that they're talking about Mm -hmm. you know um or a different setting like the costume that they have with the overalls like Mm -hmm. clearly it was not supposed to be serious but the white background to me automatically makes me think it's gonna be like a serious piece yeah
0: Mm -hmm. i think i'd have to agree with you too um I wasn't gonna jump off of you right at the first thing that you said, but um, no. Fine. So yeah, so like the white background—I don't know—it it, kind of just. I mean, I don't use—I don't like to use the term, but whitewashes everything. Kind of makes it really plain for mm-hmm. me. Um, I get—I get what you're saying. Like, if it was more of a, uh, like a modern piece, it would. Yeah, make or even like a better. soloist, where like the main yeah, yeah, focus yeah. is
4: one person. But mm-hmm. when you have like so many pieces, it's like they could have elevated the what they were trying to mm-hmm. communicate. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So i agree
2: well i think part of it for me was uh their intent behind the video like i don't like it wasn't i didn't see it as like a serious concept video per se but just like they're just showing choreography and you know their produ- their videos have gotten so high like on the production level mm-hmm. i think it's just how can we um still keep it high but like, make it a little bit different than what they've already right. done before in another yeah. setting um because they made like i don't know how many videos in Seven. that same studio
3: yeah
0: mm-hmm. so that's the thing though like all those videos for me like the white back it just kind of like drowns my eyes it's hard for me to kind of you know oddly enough like if it was a if there was a busier background i would focus more (laughs) on the dancers as opposed Mm. to i guess yeah like a blank back uh, yeah uh, i
4: I think sorry Mm, i think too like the videography of it like definitely vibrancy is dope but with a white background well now like just in general dance and videography are such a partnership now um if they had like done some close-ups or like different angles or like did something different with like the frames, maybe it would have read more. Mm-hmm. So because mm-hmm. there's so many dancers and you're watching their whole body, like it was hard to like pick up what they were actually doing. So I think the way that it was shot would have had a difference mm-hmm. in how we viewed the video. Mm-hmm. So white background is cool, but then it's like, okay, how are you going to chore- how are you going to capture that?
0: Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carlo, anything that you didn't like particularly?
1: Uh, n- nothing really. I'm just overall not the biggest fan of choreo in general. Uh, mm-hmm. It doesn't really speak to me. But outside of my personal preference, really mm-hmm. maybe. And also, I don't really know enough about that side of the world to pick things out what's good or bad. To be honest, so, well,
0: well, that, I think that's fine. I mean, I think you'd offer a different view in terms mm-hmm. of freestyle. Like, obviously, you're more of a freestyler. Um, yeah, based on how you feel about choreo. Choreo, if you were going to see that like, on stage or something, or in this case, on a white background in a video of a production, um, how do you feel about it?
1: I mean, what, what moves me is I like to see more groove. I feel like, uh, really, and this isn't just to this vi- video in particular, if I watch a lot of uh, mm-hmm. choreo videos, if I turned off the music, I could never figure out the bounce of the music, right? mm-hmm. uh, it, I, a lot of the, what I saw. And it was actually nice. And there's a little bit more of a balance in this video versus some that I've uh, seen. But there's some video I've seen where they're going off only on the special effects of the music or, or just the lyrics. And, mm-hmm. you know, if we're going to be in the world of street dance, I think street dance is always going to be on the groove. It's always going to be on the one. We're not going to be, it's not lyrical. I and mean, there's no such thing as lyrical hip hop. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. hip hop and then there's hip hop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have to agree. That's.
0: It's, uh, I, I think we've talked about this on different episodes, but it's really unfortunate how, like, I guess the choreo scene is moving towards this less bouncy, less groovy way yeah. of dancing. <clears throat> like I said, it's just all isolation, pretty much. And it's pretty much when they move one thing, I feel like choreographers think, "All right, I move this. What other part of my body can I move next?" Yeah, and just it's like they break up the body parts. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, it's fine, but uh I guess personal preference, like you said, Carla. Like, uh, I, I would prefer if they actually move their pole body mm-hmm. and kind of create something more dynamic and engaging. Because as someone watching, especially from someone who isn't part of that scene, it's hard to kind of relate to it. Um, I think no matter who you are, if you see someone kind of just moving or bouncing or rocking, mm-hmm. like, you can relate. Like you, yeah. you start to get that energy off of them as opposed to, oh, wow, they move their head and then they move their arm and then they move their, leg, yeah. that kind of thing. Um. anything else for like dislikes
2: yeah uh, the one part I wish they had done a little bit differently was the middle when they go <laughs> to the ground and they're like pivoting on their elbow and the camera moves with them I wish the camera just stayed front so you could see the effect of their bodies shifting more <laughs> because the camera was moving with them I
0: think that effect was a little bit lost yeah, especially on the white background, too. You have no, no <laughs> sense of. <laughs> actually, of that, that's, you are. that's a valid point. True, yeah. <laughs> the moment, very true. I love it. Just saying.
1: Point taken. Um, <laughs>
0: that was actually one of my favorite parts, just because it was different, though. <laughs> like, they're just literally using one hand and moving mm-hmm. and kind of just saying whatever they're speaking of. Um, again, no groove, but I didn't need it for that part just because I feel like they had a bounce in their hand because it was always one, two, three four, yeah. or whatever mm. so that was cool um you also uh we were talking before we started rolling um you didn't really like the whole playfulness of it or not the whole play for this the middle part or the floor work i think yeah what i just mentioned oh because because of the videography pretty yeah, much yeah. gotcha no
2: the choreography i liked it it
3: was great
0: mm. uh, lauren anything else for you the likes or dislikes
4: I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, it, that particular piece didn't really speak to me. Mm-hmm. I think it was dope, but it I, I just think in general as artists, like, it, it's hard to keep elevating, right? So, Kinjas, mm-hmm. they're known for precision. They're known for cleanliness. Mm-hmm. Um, so, they're trying to step out of the box and do something different. Uh, this particular piece didn't really speak to me because like, the fact that I had to watch it so many times. True. You know, like, I probably, if we weren't doing a review, I probably wouldn't have wanted to watch it
0: Yeah, again, I agree. Just to be honest. I agree. So. Me too. Uh now that you mentioned it in the beginning I felt like some people when you said that tenders are known for precision in the beginning I felt like some people were off yeah, just a little clean. bit mm-hmm. um at the end I feel like they had to be clean otherwise they would have <laughs> they would have <laughs> to right. drag down right. completely but in the beginning since it's so slow or really chill um you can notice or I noticed at least that some were some people were more uh were a little bit slow like a half beat slow or something yeah. like that um let's talk about what they wore do you do you like how they all wore the one overall and they all wore the same thing do you feel like any way particular way about it it's like or it's they wore clothes (laughs) kind of that yeah i'm terrible
2: with costuming in general so whenever (laughs) i have to do a piece i'm like okay you're gonna do costuming because i'm so bad with that Mm. so lauren Lauren?
4: (laughs) um i kind of agree on the same thing i i hate doing costuming for anything but um I think it matched how they were dancing, but as a as a whole, like that didn't match with the background. Like I think they could have, it would have looked cleaner in different clothing, mm-hmm. and I think it would have caught my eye if they were wearing something different. Now, if they were wearing like the overalls and there was an actual setting and there was like other characters and there was like a girl and they're like being silly, true. then it would have made more sense. Like it was cutesy, but because it was a white background and then cutesy costume, it didn't really match for me. Mm-hmm.
1: So true, Carlo. I don't know. They didn't pop out anything for me at all. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
4: cool. They got clothes on.
3: Yeah, not, pretty much. Not like, naked. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I didn't feel any particular way, except for the one way I usually feel about when people all wear the same thing and dance. It's like it's starting to look like a like a cheer team or like a like a studio team. Like people are losing their sense of individuality. And at least back in the day, even teams wore. Like, they stuck to, like, a color theme or right. a particular theme, and then they will, they made it themselves. They wore it however they wanted to wear it. Mm-hmm. Um, but nowadays, everyone has to wear the same, like, jersey with a, with numbers on the back. Um, they have to wear the same shoes or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, okay, I guess I don't know who anyone is, and I can't really relate. I guess I have to relate to them as a whole as opposed mm. to, like, they're good, they're good, which, which no, has be, benefits. Which is might be their goal.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but like as long as there's no moose knuckle tight jeans I'm like okay. <laughs> oh my god. What? <laughs> that's, that's usually I'm like a ah? knuckle.
0: You know that would make it a little better in my opinion. <laughs> moose All <knicklage. laughs> <laughs> All right. Um yeah, I mean there's not much else to this video like like Lawrence said if we weren't going to review this I wouldn't watch it again. I'd yeah. probably I don't Honestly, I don't think I'd watch it all the way through.
4: Yeah.
0: I would probably start it and then kind of like start to fall asleep. I guess you were tired when you watched it, but I was wide awake. <laughs> I was wide awake when I was watching it. Yeah. And I was like, no, nah, I'm more reviewing this yeah. one. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like that. Um, final thoughts about this? Um, I mean, I loved it in general. It was good. Mm, so overall, you liked it? Yeah. Cool. It
4: was cool. It was cool. Yeah.
0: That's it. it yeah, that's I
4: wouldn't it. like favorite it or like go back to it again.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Indifferent. <laughs> <laughs> so who are you guys voting for? <laughs> no, please don't answer that. <laughs> um, there's no one to vote for. All right, let's move on. So to our main topic, entrepreneurship in the dance community. Um, so I call it entrepreneurship because – you know, as individuals, we start something—we start a brand or start a studio, start a jam, or we just do something that provides, that gives something back to other dancers. Uh, Jonathan, with Jonathan Sue Media, uh, obviously you do photo photography and videography for dancers, um, but you also do what I, what not many people know of is projection design. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, you want to talk about that real quick? Um, like what pro- what it is what do you do with that
2: yeah so projection design is uh using multimedia or at least for me it's using multimedia in um a live performance mm-hmm. to enhance whatever the artist is trying to tell on stage um and usually like so you use projectors obviously and you it can be pictures it can be video mm-hmm. um and a lot of people think it's just like a video or a backdrop on the wall but you know, it can be a floor projections, yeah, it can be I projections on a book that someone's holding to make the book come alive. That's, you know, it's, that's real
0: precise stuff.
2: Yeah. It's and if it's on the back wall, it's not just a picture or a movie. It can be like um a figure that's frozen and then when you touch the wall then it moves. You know, like
0: so it's it's mm-hmm. a lot more interactive. It's like, sp- it's like special effects, live special effects.
2: Yeah, basically. So um and it's great when people don't expect it, I think. And it creates it takes it takes you further into the world that the choreographer is trying to create.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: That's cool. Um, so where have you where have you done it? Pretty much. Uh, so right now, because I it's I'm fairly new
2: to the game, mm-hmm. so I've done a couple pieces at uh, the University of Maryland for some student pieces, mm-hmm. and then uh, my last work was uh, Analog by Sarah Ewing at Dance Place. Oh, cool, cool,
0: cool. Uh, so we were just at Dance Place. Check out Behind the Dance for uh, Culture Shock DC Volume Three, um, and check out Jonathan's stuff at jonathansoomedia.com. We'll put it. In the description somewhere or on the screen somewhere, I don't know what's going to be. Um, Lauren. Hey. You started Where We Are, mm-hmm. which <clears throat> is pretty cool, Baha'i Base. Yeah. Uh, what made you want to do this?
4: Um, you know, it was kind of an opportunity that was just like, uh, how do I say this? We weren't really looking for it. It kind of just was given to us a little bit. Mm -hmm. So um, through connections. So basically Baha'i Base is a partnership of three people consisting of myself, Dennis Vieda and Christopher Solivio. Mm -hmm. Um, So Chris and Dennis have a parent company called Sky Push Creative and they're like design and marketing. So they do graphics, they do videography, um, animation, things of that sort. Holler
1: at them, but not for free. <laughs>
4: <laughs> and then um, we had a connection with this space. So this space is owned um, with, we partner with uh, Brian Sampson, who is the owner of Sampson Elite. So mm. there's two businesses in this space. There's Sampson Elite. He does um, personal training and massage therapy. And then there's Baha'i Base. So we had been in conversation for a while about just finding a space where we can like use it for different reasons. Um, I mean, we were like toying th- with different names and like different uses that we could do, and then came upon this space. Like the rent was great; it's in a good location. Excuse me. I'm so sorry. Um, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I know you can't edit that out. Hey, world. Um, <coughs> it's just
1: gonna be like a rubber ducky. Having <laughs> a rubber duck on her nose.
4: <laughs> um. And so, yeah. Um. I mean, you know, people are always like, you know, when they talk to dancers, they're like, they always tell you, open up a studio. And I had heard that many times. I'm like, that doesn't sound appealing to me. Because, you mm-hmm. know, initially you envision like three-year-olds, four-year-olds and tutus and <laughs> a bunch of like angry parents, you know, like the right. stigma that comes with owning a dance studio. Um, so I was like, I don't want to do it that way. Like, let's just do it. Let's do what we're good at. And I, I built, I took from the experiences that I've had with Kodachrome hosting workshops, um the experience that i had with digs deeper running events true and then all the experience that i had from teaching for many different organizations and studios and so um i already had an existing class at a, at another studio in vienna so we kind of brought that oh, in right. here so yeah, we yeah. had the lines dance session um we had my hip hop class and we brought that here and like yeah so yeah. even like coming up with a name you're we like i don't i don't want it to, like who's our audience how do we want to make them feel and so that's how we, we, ke- we came up with Baha'i. Me and Chris are Filipino and we're like Baha'i means home and like that's what we want it to be. We want it to be a home base, mm-hmm. not just dance classes. That's why we have couches and a TV and like yeah. video games. And, and alli-
0: we- alliteration helps.
4: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> great for the logo. Um, <laughs> and so yeah, it's just like creating experiences is really, you just have to find your niche. Yeah. So yeah, and I don't wanna. Fa-
0: and you found your, t- you guys are doing niche. great. Thank like you, so you guys had Saquon and Buddhist Stretch within within the same week
1: yeah yeah solo next week so i mean (laughs) you guys are
0: doing awesome things for the community so thank you for that thank you uh carlo man uh you host a jam every year and it's people from all over the east coast and i'd say even the world i guess come out to it and uh to participate everyone in the area obviously comes it's one of the biggest jams in the in the area uh all styles and whacking and it changes every year to accommodate everybody um, in addition to that you're also part of the Studio G which holds a weekly session also uh, you want to talk about all that?
1: Yeah so uh, quick shout out I'm going to open up Lumpia base like two blocks <laughs> down <laughs> so you know it's going to be better than the Baha'i base because it's Lumpia base no, if, if <laughs> you display, don't do that I'm going <laughs> to be very upset now I know. <laughs> maybe it'll be our next business hey, um, food truck what? uh, <laughs> uh <laughs> Yeah, so Studio G um, really is more Guo's thing, but I, I help Shout out. Shout to Guo. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also uh, Guo has a family, so I, I would have invited him down here. Still a bit harder. Mm-hmm. But he's my 50-50 partner with mm-hmm. Um So with the Studio G thing, uh, they used to have pop shops way back in the day, so it's his way to continue a session, right? Um and also when he started it, there weren't a lot of open sessions in the area. So it was just mm-hmm. a way for all of us to practice. Uh, so it really is meant to be for an, an open styles environment. So anyone could come in there, do whatever they want to do. When you switch out the iPod here and there, we, we really don't control a lot of that. We just try to help keep things flowing. Um, and then Electrosol. I was doing jams before Electrosol and they were more on the uh, open styles, all styles thing just because the upright dancing scene here wasn't really that big. It was mostly um, for all you young folks. It was the breaking scene was really, I mean, it still is like the leader of what's going on in the area as far as what's going on in the street dance scene. But, you know, for me, when I traveled, I noticed there were things that were going on for upright dancers that were pretty established, pretty big mm-hmm. and, and really focused on upright dancing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started doing the all styles thing with the bridge. I did that thing with, um, Oh, that's right. Brian uh, uh off the top. Mm-hmm. Uh, with James we did uh lock it in the pocket. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so we we did you know we were doing things already uh but then electrosol is really what we ended up sticking to is combining all of that. Mhm. Uh and what happened was Go really appreciated what we did with the bridge and you know with his partnership we were able to make things grow a lot more. It really helped give me a boost cuz I didn't have a job when I did the bridge. Mm-hmm. I was uh, trying to do the whole dance thing i was i just got laid off it was i got laid off like in the middle or right the beginning of the recession so when mm-hmm. i was in sales i was just like oh my god i can't find a job so i was really just doing what i can trying to teach uh do some busking um mitzvahs whatever mm-hmm. and, and i was like well let me do this dancing for a while you know since i don't really have a choice <laughs> <laughs> uh but then i uh you know, I wanted to keep things going, and and that's how we came upon the jams, too, is just because I was really focused on dancing. Um, and like I said, I wanted to bring some of that to the D.C. area, because yeah. everything... Because there was, uh, like... I remember there was popping events, All Styles events before, but breaking was always the, like, the, the key stakeholder in that event. Right. Right? They took up most of the time, most of the music was focused around breaking, and it's not... Like I was trying to take any, take anything away from breaking, but it was it would be nice to really have the focus uh, and right have music that's for everyone, mm-hmm. not just like breaks all day, yeah. um, not just hip hop all day, you know. So we switch it up between funk, house, and, and that was my thing. Is well, you know if you uh, if you build it, I guess they will come. Yeah, <laughs> no, I mean obviously, if you build if you start a
0: studio, people will show up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you throw jams, people will show up. If you provide all this media stuff, people will come to you to help, to ask for help. Um, in addition to that, you also bring teachers down every now and then and pretty much out of pocket, you know, give to the community, like learn from, learn from these OGs that come down. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, so those are different ways and opportunities to kind of start like in, in entrepreneurship in a dance community. But how do you guys think it's taken for granted? And I'm going to start just by saying, yeah, it is like. From the get-go it is but um, from your point of view like is it definitely you taking for granted and how
2: uh, I think uh, it's, I think it's taken granted in the sense that people don't realize how hard it is and they think like it's anyone can do it and I think especially with social media anyone can start like their own page for themselves as a dancer or whatever um, but then keeping it up and making it so you can actually like you can make a living off of it or support yourself with it. Or just make it work, even if you're not getting paid. Like it's so, it's so hard. Lauren sounds like <laughs> Lord, it sounds
1: like Donald Trump right now.
4: <laughs> <Huh>? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I, I feel okay. <laughs> I was trying to be so like discreet, but just like... Carlo just always has to call people out. <laughs> we weren't on camera. I I'd know. Kick, and if your girl wasn't right bru- there, kick bru- your butt. <laughs> Go ahead, Jonathan. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, another <love> Lauren.
3: oh
4: <laughs> uh, uh, taken for granted. Yeah. Um, is it how? I don't think it's taken for granted. I think it's just a matter of a misunderstanding. Like majority, of, like we're in the D.C. area, right? Majority of the people that work here are consultants or IT, or so. I think in general, like being an artist in this area is is hard. It's hard. I think it's being taken seriously. And I think that that's a personal thing, like as an entrepreneur and as a business person, um, how you feel about yourself is what you project. I've always felt that way. Um, so I don't necessarily think it's taken for granted. I think it's just a misunderstanding that this is our livelihood. Like for me, I quit my nine to five job for this. So I'm like grinding. Yeah. did not know that. Yeah. So I was, I was working at my church full time, which was great, you know, and I think everything happens for a reason. But I was like, I need the time to pour into Baha'i base. Like- I will run myself dry if I try to do fifty hour weeks at one job and then run over here. So um yeah, I think it's just a matter of understanding that this is livelihood and that people need to pay for your services. And I think also too, like just the boundary of friendship and business and um that's probably the toughest part. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's taken for granted. If if anything, I think that what we do, including you and Dance Fam TV and what this is, is impactful. I think it it shows people that um, there's other ways to to do dance, and I think mm-hmm. that that was the hardest part for me. Like being in college
3: True.
4: six years ago, I graduated in 2010. I was a dance major. It seemed like there was only two options: either be a professional dancer, move to New York or LA, or become a dance teacher. Right. And mm-hmm. so initially, my dream was to move to LA. And I mean, I don't want to get on the soapbox, but you know, circumstances <laughs> tore my ACL. Didn't go to this pr- program that I was supposed to go to. And really, it's just like, okay, everything happens for a reason. And it's like everything's finally culminating to a to a tip now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, I kinda got off tangent. But it's yeah, fine. Yeah. I don't think it's taken for granted it's just misunderstanding.
1: Mm. So. I think it's taken for granted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so Lauren's saying is not <laughs> Well, uh so for me, for example, is Buddha stretches here and is a full class, which is amazing, right? I yeah. was kinda afraid of what the turnout's mm-hmm. gonna be. Uh, you never know with these street dance classes. Um but it's, it's Buddhist stretch, like any of you, even if you do choreo or not, probably wouldn't be in a studio if it wasn't for this guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Straight up, right? Like he's the one who helped bring it to the studio so that we could have a more professional workspace. Um, and really, party rock is a foundation of what choreo ended up building off of, mm-hmm. uh, I think, even more than a lot of the other street dances. Granted, all the other street dancers are now part of what choreo is, and that's like a whole other topic. Maybe another dance fam TV episode, but yeah, <laughs> man. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, I didn't see a lot of the people in my generation at the class last night. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these people, even if this is quote unquote a hobby for you or not, but a lot of people, you know, consider it as a hobby and just like basketball. Well, why can't I do this a hobby? But most of y'all, when you play basketball, probably never made money off of this, mm-hmm. right? A-, a lot of people in this area start teaching like only after a few years of dancing. So once mm-hmm. you go into that foray and you're asking for people's money, then, well, you've gone into the world of professional dancers and people who make a living out of this. True, so, yeah. so um, you know, again, that goes back to cultural vulturism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so when, when people like Lauren who own a business and you're out there teaching a hip hop class. And you're not learning from a hip hop OG. You're not taking that opportunity one to support Buddha Stretch, who probably helped found what you're doing and what you're making money out of mm-hmm. uh, the culture that you help get make money out of mm-hmm. and get your in, in little Instagram famousness out of it. Um, and as much as you want to call it a hobby, any hobby you have brings value to your life, or you wouldn't be doing it. Um, and then there's a local business here that you know has to pay rent and pay these people, right? So and has been dancing probably longer than you or as long as you So it's, it's like you uh like you said it's a community mm-hmm. um even for my my event i hold a lot of workshops and mostly only the street dancers come mm-hmm. but i'll go to prelude or slam yeah you or ecd yep. yeah, and i see yeah. a, a ton of locking popping and all this and you know if, if they didn't do any of that i guess it'd be kind of cool but at the end of the day to me what's happening in street dance is what keeps choreo relevant or else choreo would just be modern and contemporary and jazz. But I think the street dancing is what makes it cool. Like the fashion comes from street dance. Mm -hmm. So there's a little bit of that that has to be given back, right? In the parties and the ciphers and the workshops and supporting the people who made locking and kept it going. And then, you know, that in between the eighties and nineties people you know, that kept it relevant until the 2000s when all of this stuff became big and now you have World of Dance, <coughs> Just Debut, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think everyone owes something to these OGs and also it's great to support a business owner, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, your local businesses. Um, yes, So that, I think that's why it's taken for granted because um, most of these studios, especially that really afford a home for street dancers, have all folded uh, or the street dancing doesn't have the same balance as all the classical dance styles, uh, so that's one thing to take into consideration. And then, you know, all these workshops that happen uh, for a lot of promoters—it's not just me. Uh, almost all of us lose money at every event. Like, yeah. I don't know, and there's not very many promoters in the U.S. that that make <coughs> money. A lot, a lot of the organizers in the U.S. That's why sometimes I'm like, I don't even think about entrepreneurship more so as this altruism donation because <laughs> <thing. laughs> i mean i would love to make money I, I wish i didn't have to work and i, I could just work and dance and i service and i'm sure there's a way to do it but building up to there is is, is hard and it's like a cultural change for yeah. for the states i think um versus just a business plan so that's what makes it hard. it has to be a like a growth hack that has to happen um but yeah overall it's just I feel like uh, I should see more people at jams and yeah. workshops, mm-hmm. uh, even if it is street dance and that's not your thing. Um, even if you don't consider yourself as a freestyler, but if you're a dancer, you should essentially, to me, dancing is freestyling. Nobody, like when you're a baby, you don't go, I heard this song. It's pretty dope. <laughs> and let me think of something that I'm going to do to this song. Like, you know, when you go to the club, when you're in the car, uh, you're you're dancing. So it's... Yeah. Uh, you don't have, I don't organic. believe in being a freestyler and a non-freestyler. There's, you're being a dancer, and then sometimes you choreograph your dance. Yeah, yep, <laughs> yep. That's my thing. I'm 31, so yep. I don't know. You guys don't have to <laughs> believe me out there in the world, but that's that's what I believe.
0: At, at the very least, just have a common sense of courtesy. You know, um, <laughs> especially if people do these things. All, all three of you guys do something for somebody. You know, have the sense of courtesy to kind of provide it back, at least the support. You know, it could be as simple as, you know, resharing an event on yeah. Facebook. It reaches more people. Mm-hmm. You never know what happens. Mm-hmm. Or, um, yeah, something as simple as that, you know, showing up, donating if you can. Uh, if you're going to use that money on Chipotle anyway. You might also well just, you might also well put it back into the community that you're kind of, like you said, um, making a living off of um so i think i definitely think it's taken for granted um the whole misunderstanding thing uh that's what you said right
4: yeah i mean i think it's just the area in general is just hard like we're not in a hub like they say dc's a hub but it's like
1: (sighs) for government work yeah Yeah, you know like (laughs) not entertainment
4: even in like other styles like modern dance and like it's just hard you know, and if people that, a lot of people that are doing dance out here are doing it as a hobby. They may be on teams, but they're studying something else in college with aspirations to do something else. So for me, it's like, I don't, I try not to get emotionally attached to it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, because then I'll be pissed off all the time. You know what I mean? Like with workshops, if like if I look at the numbers and I, I take that as a reflection of like how well we're doing, like I'll, I'll be upset all the time. So for me, it's just like I just try to focus on like the next thing. Like, okay, who else can we bring in? Like how else? It's like being creative. When you're an entrepreneur, you have to create these opportunities for yourself. And so like with last night with Buddha, I mean, I was happy with the I was happy with the turnout. Oh but, yeah. The Turnout know, was amazing. Turnout Shout was,
1: out all to the young people.
4: It <clears throat> was great. <laughs> um, but then too, it's just like there are dancers that that may not care for that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just everyone has their different different things that they're into. And I think that once they're educated on like you know, maybe there was a lack of education, like people don't know who Buddha Stretch was, you know? So that's probably it too. It's
0: like come find out then. Right, mm-hmm, exactly. You know? so. Yeah. Uh Jonathan, with like the videography, photography and your projection design, um, I feel like people take advantage of that. Well not advantage of it, take it for granted for sure in terms of how much you actually have to put into it for them to get what they want out of it.
2: Uh yeah. And I mean for projection design a lot of it is I, it's very collaborative for me. And so it's making sure the choreographer knows what is, cap- what, is what I can do and what um, it takes to do it. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, like tech week before a show, I literally, I like sleep maybe two hours a night. <laughs> yeah, Because you go in, you have to tweak everything, then you get out of tech. Then I go home and I change everything.
0: It takes like five hours to render. Yeah, so, you it's know, so it's like, probably harder. Your job is probably harder than the dancer's job because uh, you're, well, you're basing that, but, it off of what they're doing though. So they have to set a guideline for you, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, every show is different, so it really depends on how you go about it. But I think a big part of any um, anything that seems like it's taken for granted is just educating the people that you're trying to reach and making sure you all are, have the same understanding of the process and what goes into it and, you know, that kind of thing.
1: Mm-hmm. What's the cost for,
2: for, like let's say, if it's like a three-minute piece? I'm just curious. So, it varies because it depends on how many projectors you want, you know, like, what's the content and was like, it, oh, okay. it It varies a lot.
1: Is there, like, a median range that you found so far where you've fallen? I, I'm just mm, curious.
2: Not really. Because, well, one, I'm also brand new. So, I would say I would charge much less than someone that's been doing it for t- 10 years. Get to know me. You know, so. Yeah, no, no. Get it now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Groupon this um,
2: But, yeah, so, there, I I really can't give you, like, a base rate or anything either because it really depends on how you feel that day <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, and one other thing i'm curious about is uh i don't even know to know that yet. this fraternity thing oh yeah like what made you go oh, yeah. that route that. so
2: yeah uh, so it was started by um several founders but Kara janelle wade she was the main person behind the movement um it started in uh, north carolina greensboro and she was really looking for a way for college age dancers to really get have a, a way of networking because it's all about who you know in this business. Um, and so she was just looking for a way to really like um, have more training and find a way for dancers to really find a community within the college level um, community because, and it's hard because dance majors have so many, like you're always in rehearsals for a piece and then you have your gen eds and you know so it's finding that balance but creating that community and opportunity for networking and teaching and performance. So if I, go to LA, I know I have brothers there who, you know, have been through the college program and now they're either performing or they work in the school system or they, or you know, or they, I don't know, do projection design so I can ask them for help. Um, so that was like the idea behind it. So it's like,
0: yeah, the fraternity school, um, Like at one point you had weekly like workshops with different teachers from the area. Yeah, right. so
2: well, each chapter does it differently. So the Gamma chapter at University of Maryland, um, a big part of it is reaching out to the college campus community and not just the dancers. So they hold weekly classes, all different genres, and the goal is to get non-dancers or non-dance majors to bring them into the dance community and give current dancers, whether they're majors or not, opportunities to teach and get better at their craft. Um, so
0: yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, I was fortunate enough to be to come in to teach once and. A while ago now. Yeah, it was a while ago. But like those dancers now are or at least one of them, like many many like now he's on Culture Child DC. It's kinda cool to see, um to see these college people college people <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> college students grow and, and you know, find like their niche eventually. Yeah. I mean
2: I will say also though like Minelik he's super talented, but like it's also like dynamic and he's in the dance program. Like he does a lot of other stuff. It's not just through the fraternity, sure.
0: but yeah. But yeah, like it's the opportunity, like just to keep Again, it's just opportunity and taking advantage of it and not mm-hmm. taking it for granted. Um, and they were free, weren't they, these classes? Yeah, they're still free.
2: So if you go to Maryland, check it out. Also functions as free classes. Like, there's so much community going on. People just need to look for it.
0: Yeah, so like, especially when these classes are free, like they're not making money off of this. They're just doing it. And like you said, uh, no promoter, I guess, really makes money off of bringing a teacher down and, and providing for the community. Um. I, I definitely wanted to bring bring this to light because now that a lot of my friends are actually doing something, you know, I really wanted to be out there. That's why we're here at the Baha'i Base. And Lauren was fortunate enough or kind enough to let us in or let us be here. And Dennis was kind enough
1: to <laughs> show up early. <laughs> <laughs> He's
0: knocked out, right <laughs>
1: knocked out y'all. Um, Looking like it's Norlax over there just to give you a visual since you can't see him.
0: I feel. I feel like photography and videography can to be taken advantage of a lot. Like, there are, people are always looking for a way to cut costs or get things for free. Um, yeah, thank you I for bought my DSLR photographer
1: now. <laughs> 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 oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sorry. <laughs> palm trees everywhere.
0: Um, but I mean, do you ever get like the short end of the stick when it comes to that?
2: Um, not as much as dancers do, to be honest. I think dancers are even more like you don't you don't know how to mark yourself. You don't like we're always doing each other's pieces for free or At least get, you know, at least like treat your dancers to a meal, you know, that kind of thing. Um, I think for photographers and videographers, it's more um, figuring out how much you are worth to yourself and setting a price. Um, Because I have so much equipment I have to invest in, it's easier for me to justify charging a rate versus dance. It's like, I'm always in the studio. This is like, I want to do my art, you know, so, oh, it's okay. You can't pay me. Let's do the piece and then you can be in my piece, you know, like that kind of mentality Mm -hmm. versus like, I'm an artist. This is how I make my living hopefully respect my art because you're asking me to be part of it so you know let's compensate like you pay me for your piece and then i'll pay you when you do my piece versus do each piece for free you know like mm-hmm. that kind of thing um and i find at least within like modern contemporary dance that it's a little bit more understood versus yeah. hip-hop it's literally everyone's in everyone's piece for free
1: yeah and dancers stop doing free gigs for people I've never, so. I've never bought anything with exposure before, so I don't think <laughs> it's going to change any time before uh, now. <laughs> so, you know, just give that even if you're young and you know you want to get out there, just keep working on your craft because you're technically not getting anything out of it anyway, doing someone's gig for free. And trust me, the exposure will come once you're talented a lot easier than building it up when you have no talent because then you're going to have like 500 people, man. This guy sucks. Mm-hmm. And they're not, even when you're good, it's going to be hard to get over that hump of those videos where you suck and they're going to still the people who do have money are going to go after the people who look good so don't take the free gigs because then you're going to just keep giving all these uh, organizers and promoters out there in the world you know free work for exposure and and it
0: gives them the idea like oh okay so everyone will be free then yeah it devalues everyone's work in in the community amen to Mm -hmm. that at at least charge something small like you got to you got to feed me that day, you have to... Pay for my travel? Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, not, that's not even enough. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I if, mean, you're, like, if you're
1: brand new, like something starts to build said, up. If you're, to me, if you're brand new you and your talent is... Things. Yeah, just work on your talent because if you're yeah. getting nothing out of it, again, the exposure is not going to feed you, yeah. right? Exposure is not going to pay your rent. So when you come home and you did this thing for exposure and you're not that great, once... Again, if I was going to pay someone, I'm not just because you have 500 likes... I'm going to get the guy with 500 likes that actually is good, True. like straight up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm going to remember this guy sucks. And then even when I see your name come up again, even if you got better, I'm be like, this guy sucks. <laughs> this guy got 500 likes for a sucky video and he did this stuff for free and hurt our business. So F this guy. True. Like, um, so if you're not, I mean, I made that mistake. That's why I'm saying that, right? Mm. Um, and that's, again, I started a lot younger and now you have all these people. The industry is like a lot better. People have agents now. So you learn from all these people around you that have gone through it, and real, you know, a lot of this we didn't know, mm-hmm. right? Um, a lot of the business behind dance. It, I mean, it's been around since the '70s, but a lot of people in the '70s got jacked. A lot of people in Beat Street; those guys like they didn't make money off Beat Street. Mm-hmm. Granted, that's a different level of exposure, too, right? Yeah. So if you're gonna trade for exposure, it has to be real exposure, um, like things that actually will come out to something. I know events that don't pay that well, but once you make it to that event, I know you're probably going to be teaching for a year after mm-hmm. because you made it to that event, right? Those are the type of trade offs you want to get for exposure. It's got to be legit. It's like if you're on Instagram, the person is going to share your stuff if you're going to. There's people who make money just for posting, right? And yeah, That's yeah, how yeah. marketers. If you're going to do something for exposure, it's got to be a very legit trade. They have to have like a really good network, and they really have to be putting your name out there, uh, and it's got to be high quality. But if a club is asking you just to dance and entertain their people none of those people are going to remember you that club isn't going to remember you yeah true um yeah uh, so yeah so this, this has got to be a very like i i still don't mind the trades but the trades have to be very very even mm-hmm. yeah no
2: and i'm not saying it's all has to be monetary but like if you're dancing for a club and they say okay you get to get in for free and you get free drinks like and if you're okay with that as long as you see value in your trade i think that's totally valid i'm not saying you have to get paid in like money every single time
1: Mm-hmm. well no I mean to me the drinks are still like not enough but but <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, if, like... you, if you're like a really good photographer or even what you do with the projection right like to me that's a very high value thing because it takes a lot of man hours a lot of yeah. talent mm-hmm. so my trade for that would have to be like me photographing your wedding or something right it's uh, or me dancing and provide like a full choreographed dance at your wedding or type thing right where mm-hmm. you would have to go out and pay someone like two grand to perform at some at a level like that anyway but it's it's gotta be like to me doing something for like even a couple a drink ticket and a free club that costs a club like nine bucks is is you dancing in a place for a whole night worth nine dollars you if you work um, if you, you dance for four hours and you get like
0: say like three drinks then you're dancing for an, <laughs> mm-hmm. a, a drink an hour mm-hmm.
1: yeah, and if you're gonna true. go do something for a non profit how much of of that money is actually gonna go towards? like building a non-profit or towards a uh, a donation like those are things you should ask for and should be up front uh, to you as an artist and even the audience um and actually i don't mind uh flights to go somewhere yeah thing if it's a, for a good cause yeah uh, mm-hmm. but like you said i think it it all comes back around cuz uh everyone that's um like judging or djing at my event we have to pay But I know one day they're going to have to go hire someone and they'll use that money and pay someone or hopefully it'll be me once I'm at that level, right? So I do believe that. Actually, Junior Boogaloo said it best. It's like, you'll pay for all these other things, right? You'll pay for Chipotle, but why won't you pay for your friend's stuff? Yeah, right. know. So, like, to me, that's the simplest way to put it. It's like, just pay your friends if you got the money and or find an even trade, but don't, like, abuse your friendship. Don't pull the friend's card for everything.
0: Yeah, again, it's a common courtesy thing. It's just a sense of trade, like, one for one. Like, if I'm going to do you a favor, do me a favor. Or if I'm going to, you know, give you money in the sense of paying for your services, you know, think of me next time and help me out for what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, Lauren, are there any particular hardships that... <coughs> that arise or have arisen when starting this with uh, your two uh, partners? Um, it's all easy, super easy.
3: <laughs> oh, we just, we just kind of
0: did it and now we're here.
4: Um,
0: man. Or hardships in general when starting, like any kind of thing, doing what you guys do. Yeah. I have a really long list, so you go first. Okay.
4: <laughs> um, I, man, it's getting people in the door. Cause it's like, I know what we offer and I know what the experiences that we have here. Yeah, talk about it. And so that's just, it's just getting people here. I mean, I, I've been playing around with our class schedule, like even looking at our class schedule, I'm like, okay, this isn't working. This isn't working. Like what is going to work? So really for me, it's just, I have to stay flexible. I can't, like if I try to run with something for too long, like we're going to lose money. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just like. Time is money. So it's like, okay, if this is not working, how can we address this? And so that's kind of been what it's been. So like workshops have been doing well, like the hip hop classes have been doing well. um, Our sessions have been doing well. So really it's just, um, I don't know. I think we have to tap into marketing. Marketing is so huge. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't feel like we've capitalized on that necessarily all the way. Um, So for me, our focus is going to be going into the community around here, we're in Springfield, Virginia. Um, and I think the hardship too, is that a dance studio, people immediately think that it's just dance. And so that's been my hardship was True. like, okay, well, we're not just dance, you know, we're trying to um, market fitness and that hasn't worked for us right now, but I'm like, okay, January, like we'll start fresh. Um, so it's like, immediately people think dance studio, they don't know how to dance. They don't want to come. So they're not open to that. So that's been a hardship. Um, and I think, there just being so many dance studios in Virginia is also a hard thing too. So then it's like, okay, we gotta find our niche. Like, okay, Zumba has a niche, Kazashe has a niche. Like what's Baha'i Bases niche? And I think that that's something we're still figuring out.
3: Yeah, for sure. Um,
4: But I mean, really like one of building this place, I really wanted to bring street dance like a home. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't feel like, especially Crump, like Christopher's a crumper, Dennis Crump's now. Um, they're normally crumping in the streets (laughs) like outside for real so um it's just i think it's just getting the word out there and like getting people in the door to experience this i think Mm -hmm. there's i mean there's so many but that's like the one that i can think of right now
2: gotcha
0: uh jonathan
2: oh um i think right now for me the hardest thing is all the paperwork Mm -hmm. like figuring my taxes now that i'm like Mm -hmm. self-employed and i'm i do my video work and my photography and my design and then on top of that, I'm also a freelance dancer and teacher. Like, I have so many different things. I have to figure out what I need to do paperwork-wise. So, anyone has any advice? Leave a comment. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, it's so much, like, Googling that, and, like, yeah. trying to figure out what is the right fit for you. No and like idea. I
4: totally forgot about that part. The yeah. admin work is the, the worst. worst part. Yeah. The worst. Yeah.
2: Because it takes, it takes all the fun out of what originally was your passion. So, you have to figure out then how yeah, do I true. keep it real and keep it alive and, like, mm-hmm. find new ways to keep it interesting for yourself. Because otherwise… It just turns into work instead of what you like to do
3: mm-hmm.
4: yeah i think the hard part too is finding the right team um and that's like what we've been trying to do is like who's a good fit like who has the heart for this
3: mm-hmm.
4: um and that like that's the hardest thing too is just building a team like building a tribe like baha'i base was created with so many hands on deck like 10 guys like helped us with our floor they helped us with the painting um and then it's like the admin stuff the front desk stuff like who can we trust who who has the personal skills for that like interpersonal skills so that's a hard thing too it's just finding people you can rely on
0: exactly it's finding people that want to be there for right. you for mm-hmm. you or for the cause right. of whatever you guys are doing finding yes men mm-hmm. and women mm-hmm. um carlo any particular hardships for you
1: i don't know man i I've honestly i felt like this like, what we did existed already in in the dmv um i probably wanted to be done <laughs> uh it's just i mean it, it's you, you pull your hair out uh, when when stuff goes wrong it's all on your shoulders uh i mean it's just like any business like if you're the founder and and crap happens crap falls on you yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah like yeah. uh you're like the only guy at the bottom of the hill where the shit rolls down. So, <laughs> uh, Well, I guess it's me and Guo. So, so at least there's like two of us getting poof on our face. Um, but yeah, it's just like anything that you have to build. Um, and next year will be 10 years of organization for events. Uh, so A, it's like losing tons of money, like tons. Uh, I mean, that hurts a lot. <laughs> that that kind of sucks. Um, the time you have to put into it. It's just a big sacrifice. I miss one of my like closest friends' wedding. Wow, um, man! But you know, because we know our event every year, so we have it set, and I'm a couple thousand dollars like invested into the event. Mm-hmm. By the time I got an invite to my friend's wedding, mm. uh, yeah, mm-hmm. and then it, it's it's a, you know dance itself is a sacrifice, and then once you go to that next level, and uh, now people's eyes are on you and. And you have to hold yourself to a different standard, and mm-hmm. you have to watch what you say. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's like that. I'm at that. <laughs> I'm like I'm like, <laughs> like the whole time. I'm just <laughs> like, mm. uh, just like any founder. It's the biggest thing is consistency. Like, how many dancers do I know mm. that started dancing in college and made it past college? How many <laughs> dancers do we know that made it past thirty and are still active? Yeah. True. Right, even if they made it really big, how many of them really went past ten years? Like, th- you know, there's different levels.
0: Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Oh man, God, we feel like we could talk about this for hours. Uh, yeah, <laughs> oh, we're really <laughs> <Let's>, passionate. <laughs> okay, well, that's the thing. Like, that I mean, it shows how much passion you guys have. Yeah. When it comes to what you guys do, and people don't see that, and people again take it for granted, and they don't they don't help. It's almost like the community isn't really a community. When it comes, people all of a sudden get selfish, and but when there's free stuff, they're like, "Oh yeah, we're a community, right. we're a family, yeah. we got to do this yeah. together." But then, like, "Oh, it's it's a twenty dollar class for an OG or something like that." Yeah. Like, "Oh well, you know, I'll catch the next one or something like that." Mm-hmm. Anyway,
3: yeah, like, and
0: preach again. boy, preach. Yeah, and I think
2: <laughs> for like the workshop thing, if you see yourself as if you're so say you're dancing and that's like your goal, you want to be a performer or a teacher taking classes in is an investment yeah, in your yeah. own business mm-hmm. yeah so when I started thinking of that' so like paying for like photography classes because I have to talk I taught myself everything I know mm-hmm. like I see it as an investment versus shoot I just paid 90 dollars for this online tutorial you know like and that makes right. it so much easier yeah. to make to justify in your head so then you mm-hmm. start you keep on doing it and then once you start it's like it's a cycle mm-hmm. so
1: yeah invest in yourself investment yeah. Yep. exactly yeah, yeah uh, when I first started I don't know if I'm not sure if you knew, but I was going to Mama Lisa's classes when I first started taking classes. Like, I didn't just jump into Culture Shock because I was this popper in the area and mm-hmm. there was, like 10 of us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. I was dancing with Joseph already. Um, I was going to UMBC. Shout out to the homie over there. Um, uh, you know, taking classes from Lyle, doing the, um, I guess pre major deaf stuff. Uh, After taking a bunch of Mama Lisa's classes for a while, then I tried taking the advanced classes. But at the same time, you know, I was still doing like the busking thing to try and make gas money. I'll take that gas money, do a mitzvah, I'll get more money. Then I'll take that money and then go travel to New York or Philly or wherever in the world just to take a workshop. Like I've gone to Philly just to take Mr. Wiggles' workshop and drove back. Me and my boys used to just pool our money together and go to Boston to see a dope jam. Like that's the things we had to do before there was a million jams everywhere. yeah, And there was only one or two or three jams in the area. So I came from an area where there weren't any workshops really from anyone out of town. Uh, There weren't any jams, and there weren't really any jams focused for upright dancers. So I had to take all this time and money to go see it elsewhere. And then if people bring that here, it's like, I don't get it. Why not take advantage? Because you don't have to fly to California to see mm-hmm, this person. Mm-hmm. You don't have to fly to Korea or Russia. They coming it's, to you. Yep. Yeah. Like, they're right here. You don't have to, like, and that's actually the big thing with Electrosol with Guo and I is like, we would typically take at least one big uh, travel thing to some dance to get that experience. It's like, well, for that cost, we could actually bring some of those people here. Yeah, because when you have to travel, you have to get a a hotel, car, you have to pay for all the classes, you have to pay for your food the whole time you're there. And those are the same things you would purchase if we were to bring someone here. Uh, So, I mean, that's the thing you have to recognize when people like Stretch come here Mm -hmm. uh, or when you have other talents working on things. Because if you have that projection, it adds value to your production but you got to pay for that value, but that value should pay off in your overall thing. And like, you know, people are just like, well, they just have a white background and overalls, but imagine they had like a projection thing.
3: Yeah, yeah. Right? So
1: uh, to True. me, there's value in, the, in what people bring to you that aren't just, because I think once you're doing something like that, you're not just an individual contributor anymore. Um, and if you're not willing to step up to that non-individual contributor piece, then you got to help out the people there because they bring value to what you do. That's awesome, man.
0: Um, we'll take that as your wrap up for. Oh, That was going to be my next point. Like ways for people to actually help out the community, the dance community, and what you guys do. Uh, let's go back. Let's go to Lauren and Jonathan.
4: Ways to help out?
0: Yeah. <clears throat> um, like, talk to the dancers out there. Like, how can they help?
4: Uh, showing up. Showing up is everything. Just like you said, yeah. um <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I can't stress that enough that attendance is just that like what we do would not exist if people didn't show up. So, um yeah, I think just being open to new places and new things and if it's not necessarily the most popular thing still trying it out. Um because at the same time we're all just trying to pour into this community, we're trying to make the community better. Um you know, a lot of people talk about the DMV being segregated and, you know, a lot of things like that, you know, politics and stuff. Um so You have people that are trying to provide that, just show up. Just showing up just means everything. Mm -hmm. So yeah, showing up and sharing the events, um, letting people know word of mouth is everything too. Um, Majority of the people that have come to Baha'i base have been through word of mouth. Yeah. So really just sharing those experiences with other people. Awesome. Jonathan? Uh,
2: Yeah, I think what they just said, showing up. um, And I think showing up and not even... Like for a jam, for example, like I have so many friends who're like, "Oh, I don't freestyle." I'm like, "You can go and watch, and that's just as valuable, and that makes you just as much part of the community." Then you don't have to like battle, you know. Um, And that was a big thing. And uh, granted, I don't go to enough jams myself, but like when I first started, that was a big thing. Like I didn't know I could just go and watch. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's so much fun, like being part of the community. Then I think puts you on a cycle where then you start to want to go more and more. Mm -hmm. Versus, Mm -hmm. like, so so it's really hard to get past that initial like step. Um, but I think once you do for anything you do, it just gets easier because it's it's fun when you go to these classes or you go to the
0: gyms. Yeah. So. And bring a friend. Like every yeah. time you go to something, try and bring a friend. Mm-hmm. Every impression counts. I I've, I I've found out like, yeah. Whether you're watching, whether someone else just watches, because then they'll take that and then they'll spread it onto. Yeah you know, whoever else that they see. Oh, what'd you do this week? Oh, well, it was interesting. I went to so-and-so. Yeah. And, you know, from there. Yeah, and I, think it's, off.
2: and I think it's hard because now everything's on YouTube. So every, a lot of it's like, well, I don't have to go because yeah. I'll watch the battles later. But the energy in the room, you don't get that in in front of your computer. Yeah.
1: You know, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I go to battles to see my friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
4: Yeah, it's a good time. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, like I said, we could keep talking about all of this for, for like, two more episodes if we wanted to but <laughs> um thank you guys for being here uh where can people find you like on social media uh so if you want to see my
2: media stuff it's instagram jonathan su media
0: and a website right
2: oh and then jonathan media.com and awesome. i'm on facebook so F-
0: find them lauren
4: um bahai vase we have a facebook page it's just facebook.com slash bahai vase instagram is bahai vase and we have a website www bahaibase.com
0: <laughs> I've never heard anyone say www. I know like, that, was that was so that awkward. <laughs> I was H- like, H- I started. https <laughs> forward <started. laughs> I started. <and> I couldn't <laughs> stop. Oh, so. oh, you got, <laughs> so, you got or, <laughs> the secure one too. Right? <laughs> <H-T-T-S>. <laughs> 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 I
4: can't believe I said www.
1: On on Facebook at at Carlo Electrasol. Instagrams Carlo Uh What else do I have? Flickers, Electrosoul Dance, websites, just a bunch of pictures right now under construction is electrosoul.org. Uh, I think that's it. <laughs> awesome. And I'm
0: Russ at Lock and Robin as always. Um, like and subscribe, leave a comment, keep the conversation going down, down below. Uh, like I said, like and subscribe and at Dance on TV, hashtag the session. A um, few more announcements. Prelude DMV, November 5th, go out. It's down in Petersburg, Virginia. Et- somewhere, Ettrick,
4: Virginia, there? I think. Something.
0: It's like past Richmond, I think. Oh, so Something down like. Southern Virginia. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
4: down 95. <laughs> um,
0: then the re- week after, November 12th, Prelude NorCal out in Hayward, the Bay Area. So check it out. Uh, lots of things going on. Like and subscribe, like I said. Thanks for stopping by, guys. Peace.
3: Thank you. Ooh.